The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. And welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. <laughs> Happy Black History Month to one and all. The shortest month with the longest history. Uh, and this, folks is the Combo Chronicles, which you can find on the Coles of the Podcast Network, that's cspn.us. Don't worry Do it today. Reason. Do it today. And you can find us recording on Thursdays and nights, uh, every Thursday night, uh, mostly, on the YouTube channel of The Click Nation's uh, YouTube channel, that's youtube.com slash Nation and twitch.tv slash Chronicles. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us all the fabulous five-star reviews. Indeed. But never mind all that. I am your host, Radicat. You can find me on Radicat. You can find me on Twitter at uh, Radicat. You can find me on Twitter or News News Need on Twitter. You can also find me at CPCaps on Instagram. I was wondering when he was going to get to that <laughs> part. Switch it up. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. I should play his other sound drop just for that. <laughs> and the sound effects you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn. One agent underscore seven on twenty seventy on Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. What's mm. up, everybody? Co-hosting from the borough of Kings, Brooklyn. Stand up. We're Brooklyn. We're Brooklyn. We're Brooklyn. Got choked up there for a second. It was weird. Um, but yeah, folks, we are here. We are live. It is Thursday. We are in your ears. Like I said, first day of February, um, you know, uh, Black History Month and this wonderful time. Uh, already starting off with a bang. Uh, hopefully, I'll be, you know, portraits of words. But anyway, uh, the first thing we are going to get into tonight is... Uh, books because we don't really have any um, you know, uh, uh, live action stuff uh, to talk about. But I will go ahead and say that hey, if you like the the Boondocks, um, there's uh, Adult Swim has a live channel for the Boondocks, so that's running twenty four seven as far as I know. Um, you can check that out. But we folks are going to start off with a, a sad ending, but um, a packed ending in Avengers Inc. number five. Avengers Inc. number five is written by Al Ewing with pencils by Leonard Kirk, colors by Alex Sinclair, and letters by VCs Corey Petit as Roddy Cat gets a Windows notification. So I will say that this is, and I think Roddy Cat will agree, very much 
a premature ending to the series. The series definitely had some spirit, had some spunk. It had some, you know, really fun storytelling. And it's a crying shame that it did not garner enough interest to make it past an initial five-issue arc. But I will say that, and I think Roddy Cat will agree because we talked about this in, pre, in our, pre, um, our pre-show production meeting, that uh, it seemed as though there was a point that Al Ewing hit in this opening arc where it was like a natural stopping point. And he just made that into a, kind of a series stopping point. So with that, I will hand it off to Roddy Cat for his thoughts. So, yeah, uh, here we see, as, as I might have mentioned, uh, as I did mention to Agent 70 before the show, but also previously on uh, the last time we talked about Avengers Inc., and yes, I do agree with Agent 70 that, that this um, this book died way too young. Um, as sometimes these books end up having, like sometimes the more interesting books to some of us anyway, I can't say if it can't speak for everybody, are some of the stuff that kind of do something a little bit different. You know, Thor's was one of those books that we, we, we all liked, but we also knew that that was kind of a place in time for that thing. So, but we all enjoyed it. Uh, I can only speak for myself uh, in Ancient 70 a little bit to say that, hey, in Avengers Inc. was as enjoyable as that because it was doing something. Thinker. It wasn't just, hey, the Avengers are going out and doing things. This was uh, Janet Van Dyne and the formerly mysterious Victor uh, Victor Shade uh, going around solving uh, solving crimes, but also weaving <laughs> uh, weaving in folks into the tale, which uh, uh, brings us to this particular issue, to which I, as, as I said, um, I totally believe that Al Ewing's had this ending already planned out, or if it wasn't the ending, it was probably... Um, at the very least, a chapter ending. You know, they will find mm-hmm. out. You know, uh, uh, the mystery behind Victor Shade, and we do. And it's a blast from the past, folks. <laughs> as 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 kind of uh, stated in the book, in a way. But um, uh, and I don't know if anybody saw it coming, but it is what it is. But nevertheless, like I said, it is. It is um, uh, uh, Janet and Victor kind of going around solving crimes, which could have lasted past them finding out the, the initial mystery of who he was. But right. in this issue, uh, it all gets kind of wrapped up and all nice and neat. And that's why I said that uh, Al Ewing, I think he probably had this already in the books, like sketched out somewhere because whether you, and I've seen this with a couple of, a few creators here and there, like, yeah, they already kind of know where they want to get to. They just filling in the stuff in between getting there because they know how to want. I think even Hickman said it for the X stuff, but that, that that has gotten past him at this point. So, like, yeah, sometimes and even some creators are saying, like, yeah, sometimes you have to sketch out the ends of the book because you don't know how long the book is going to last. And this is one right. of those cases to where, you know, it kind of worked out that way. That being said, this was this book, this issue was pretty much packed full of information that's probably going to hopefully show up someplace else uh, if the the last couple of pages of the book is in the indication uh, which is will still be a crying shame for this book but nevertheless um, 
uh, it still continues to be a family affair <laughs> in this book because we have Victor, um, who we come to find out is definitely, as I said, a, a blast from the past. In fact, a blast from the West Coast Avengers past, but also um, um, uh, related to, because I don't want to give too much of it away, related to, if you're seeing the cover, if you're watching the video version, you have an idea who is related to. And we've talked about it in the past, but it's definitely a, a relation to somewhat in uh, Jan's past and in Avengers past that mm-hmm. uh, has been doing things and um, a creation of his comes back into the fold once again, as it always tends to do uh, during the course of an adventures, uh, <laughs> an adventures time. So, uh, and which is not the only place this week that um, this create creation comes up by the way, in, the, in, in this week's books. But like I said, b- b- um, a whole lot of things kind of come together. Uh, a whole bunch of folks kind of come into play, even uh, even folks that wasn't already in the book. But Al Ewing pretty much plays with a whole bunch of folks he's um, he's um, he's written before in in this particular book. And we got um, a new slash old um, potential. I, I, well, as this uh, as this book uh, says, it a uh, potential new Avenger uh, comes to the stage. But like I said, um, it's a uh, it's interesting. But I hated that this book died. That's that's pretty much the gist of it. But uh, this is a potential click of the week for me, and I hate to see it go. I've said that plenty of many of times before now, but it, it still stands to reason. So I don't know if Agent Seven has got anything else to add to that. No, not really, not really. I liked it. You know, it, it was it was a nice little you know story arc. And, you know, as I said in, in, in the opening, in my opening remarks on the book, I definitely felt like it was too soon for this book to go away. So, Oh, and I guess the, the, the one last thing I want to say about this is like this. I mean, this the book in itself has kind of been showing it, but this particular issue pretty much encapsulates the fact that when a fact among certain people that, hey, Jan was a pretty damn good Avengers chairman. <laughs> before this and as a matter of fact I would dare say that she was pretty much my favorite or, or one of my favorites at the least uh, and probably a good crowd favorite I know there are some people who you know like others for reasons but um, but this issue in itself and the book in itself just pretty much shows why she was so good at it oh she came to it at a point in Avengers history where they needed a nice change in direction they had kind of grown a little stagnant in terms of their leadership and it was a nice change. Obviously it was the eighties and you know, the eighties had its own kind of cultural shifts in it as well. So, uh, I think it all sort of kind of went hand in hand, you know, the, the cultural shifts as well as some of the, the shifts that were being mirrored in the comics. So I think Jan's, chairwomanship is you know look back look back on pretty fondly because of when it happened and the the people who are coming of age now like Al Ewing who you know who came came of age then that is who are coming uh who who are coming uh to a certain type of writer age let's say like a a level of seniority where they're calling some of the shots 
or they can pitch stories that are more likely to get accepted. Those are the the writers who grew up in that age. So it's interesting that you know you, you know that uh, you know they might they, they they might revisit that particular era to try to look for you know inspiration. Right, but also in in also that it was a probably it was a growth for Janet as well because you know one she's an she while she is an original you know or, or founding member of the Avengers during her time she was just kind of there on the side and being all flirty and whatnot and you know and during during the years up until the point to where she ended up being the chairperson you know she was kind of that up until around that time and, and that's where her growth kind of came in. Right. Like I said, hand in hand with like the era of working girl. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's my point. Right. Like we, you know, like the, the, this particular phase of the character's career happened in the 80s. And, you know, like I said, there, there's a certain uh, movement uh, in the air when it came to, uh, you know, certain level of empowerment. In the 80s, obviously, we've taken steps sideways, upwards, downwards, and backwards since. But that was what the, you know, that's what was going on in the 80s. Right. So, um, that being said, though, yeah, I would still say this, this, um, I mean, it's only five issues. This book is worth a check out. But, but yeah, I, I hated that it died so early because it could have, if, if it had been, if it had the space to grow, you know, it, it, it probably would have uh, blossomed into something uh, cool, as it already was. So, but like I said, there are things in it that's probably going to prop up somewhere else, and or probably under um, Al Ewing's hand. Um, so we shall see how that works out. Next up, though, um, we're going to stay in the Avengers corner with Avengers Twilight Book Two. As they're calling it. Right. Avengers Twilight, I call it number two, is written yeah. by Chip Zdarsky, with art by Daniel Acuna, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. So we pick up right where we left off. It's kind of fun that we're getting this issue like a week after, or two weeks after? Two weeks after, I think. Two weeks after getting for the first issue, and it's kind of fun that we're getting these semi-rapid fire. And you you know we pick up essentially where we left off with... Steve Rogers newly remade in super soldier form and he's back in action busting heads on the street low level stuff but the defenders or these erstwhile defenders are making plans to try to wake up the general populace and you know obviously there are corporate uh, there are corporate and other even more sinister forces at work trying to stop them and head them off and you know we what we find is even more i guess world building is the best way to put it you know a lot of the semi dystopian world that we thought might be you know in place gets filled in more in this issue we get to find out, you know, who's really in charge, who's running the country, where some of these, let's say, possibly legacy heroes, possibly legacy identities have gone, you know, you know, the into whose hands those legacy identities may or may not have fallen. We get 
to see a possible new quote unquote bullseye. We don't know who that is. Right. We also see what happens to some of the younger heroes that kind of aged out of being heroes as it were. But Cap is on a mission to kind of, you know, restoke the dream as it were, you know, relight, relight the fire. And it turns out in very much an allegory to current times, his message falls on mostly deaf ears, which is obviously a shock to a shock to uh, Captain America's system. But it's the way it always is. Every story is like this with Cap. There's always somebody he reaches and you get to see who he might be reaching in the pages of this issue. And we'll see how far that goes. Of course, Steve, as always, is unlucky in the um, the love department. I was kind of disappointed to see that part. That's just the way it is, you know, with him. So, mm. uh, but in any event, you know, I'll let Roddy Cat pick up uh, at this point and just uh, give his thoughts. But, um, but yeah, I'm enjoying this. This is a potential click of the week for me with another surprise candidate we're about to talk about next. Right. So it's funny that you mentioned about the the the, the love business because one I wanted to ask: Do we know who Rosa is? Is she someone of note or is just somebody for this particular story? I think it's a new character for the story. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Also, it was kind of funny that you mentioned that because I was I just watched Mission Impossible three last night. Okay. And um, because it was revisiting, because it, it was like, wait, I don't. I was revisiting for reasons that don't really matter at this point, but um. Huh? I don't like it could have been on TV for all I knew. You know, actually it was because because I mean oh, okay. because you know Plex has a um you know not Plex um Pluto TV has channels where it's true and I think they have a channel that's just been running um Mission Impossible all day all night or movies all day well at least the first four and also another channel doing Indiana Jones first four movies. So, uh, but I just so happened to be watching and I was like, oh yeah, let me watch let me actually watch this. <laughs> to, uh, to to kind of revisit, and in that, and the reason why I bring it up is because Ethan Hunt kind of was having there was a, the, the conversation between uh, him and Luther, it was Ethan Hunt and Luther about not being able to, you know, have a relationship with what they do, and here we see Cap while not having had a similar um, um, conversation, having that said luck because of what he does. You know, or, or because of what he's back to doing, I should say, because before this, he was not. Um, so that was kind of funny. That being said, this 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 book still has the video game vibe that I was talking about last time uh, from Avengers, uh, from Marvel's Avengers video game, because in that game, it was Kamala after some event happened, pretty much got the band back together. Mm. And in this particular case, Steve is pretty much doing that. Uh, in uh, similarly, but also Saul also still has a civil war vibes because there's an underground and you know this and that and other what uh, whatnot. So yep. all of that is kind of kind of coming together. Uh, also, the one I what I've meant to bring up last time, and I don't know if Agent Seventy have caught this, but why does Jarvis look like Jim Steranko? <laughs> did you notice that? I did notice the hair. Yeah. And the shades. It's, the it's like, like, why does he look like Starenko? It's weird. It's a stylistic choice. It is. I kind of wonder if they did that on purpose, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't, don't want to put that on him, but regardless, it's like, right. 
That's interesting. So yeah, this is a kind of in the future, and Jarvis's brother is um, the, the CEO of I think he is the CEO of Stark Industries or something. I can't remember. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. And and Tony, but it's something else, right? Um, and he and Tony Stark's Tony Stark's and Janet's uh, Janet Van Dyne's son James, of course, uh, are in uh, in business together. But it seems that there are some strings being pulled by one of them, uh, in, in a major way, you know, in a capitalistic way. <laughs> in a, let's just say, yeah, I guess capitalistic way is the best way to not spoil it. I was going to say corporate. Know. Yeah, I was going to say cor- um, corporate takeover ish kind of way. <laughs> But with a hint, with with a hint of uh, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, there's 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 yeah, because there's a big reveal in this issue. Right there's there's some almost potentially real world um <laughs> um um allegories Allegory. going on in here with what we just said and like I said we don't want to spoil it so it would and it'll probably come up again but going back to what agent seven said real quick before we dive out of this so yeah the underground folks are called the defenders and while the the avengers name does get thrown around in here we don't actually see them but we also know that they are not necessarily the avengers as we would know them right we see them at the very very beginning Right, like, uh, like a news story or something. Right, and also the Thunderbolts gets thrown around here because apparently the Avengers and the Thunderbolts are, are under the thumb of um, people we just spoke of. So, it's a, it's a good bit going on in, in this one, and I'm kind of interested to see where this is going. And as I said with uh, the last book we, we talk about, there is a looming big bad, um, as Agent Seventy said, is that's part of the reveal in this. Um, that has to that has to do with a, a certain creation that is always around when the Avengers, at some way, shape, or form, when the Avengers are, are, are around. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like I said, this is, it's good stuff. I, I've been enjoying it so far. I'm like, what are they going to do with it? How they're going to, you know, uh, stick this landing is, is the the thing uh, I'm sure. curious about. And like Agent Seventy said, these uh these new legacy characters, like, what's their deal? Mm-hmm. So, it's, it's well, and what's cool? What, what's cool about uh, you know this book is that at the end of the book we get some of Daniel Acuna's uh, design work, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I kind of like. I, I I probably would get this Marvel Legends cap in this costume. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go to the very end, you see uh, uh, Acuna's designs. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I like that. That that's you know like the the front and back. I'm like, yeah, that's a cool figure. Right. And I think I've said this before also. Uh, Acuna is pretty good. Like that run he did of all new, all different Avengers, which they did kind of do some, well, I can't remember some timey-wimey stuff, but there are definitely some stuff where it kind of sent them off in other places, mm-hmm. um, possibly other dimensions or whatever the case may be. It was kind of fitting for that book. And, and similarly here, since this was like a potential future right. Um Thing. It could be a what if, as Agent Seventy said last time. I'm not, not, not entirely sure, but you know everything is a what if if you, if, if you want it bad enough. <laughs> so that being said, yeah, Avengers Twilight's good, good stuff. Um, we're going to go to the next uh, book and the last book that we have between us, which is uh, under Agent Seventy's um, heavy 
um, <laughs> heavy, heavy um, uh, um, asking. Uh, the the word is escaping me. Was it what I was really trying to say? Recommendation. Recommendation. Thank you. Recommendation is what I was thinking of. Uh, is Dead X Men number one? Right. It's what and and what's funny is that Roddy Cap put it the best when he said, "Is this one of those books?" He asked me, "Is this one of those books that you don't think is going to be important?" And it turns out it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're damn right. <laughs> so, Dead X Men number one is written by Steve Fox with art by Jonas Scharf, Bernard Chang, and Vincenzo Caratu. Colors are by Frank Martin, and letters are by VCs Corey Petit. So as I said, this is one of those, like, I don't know, I guess the best way to put it is a limited series tying into this uh, Fall of X stuff, right? And it's obviously an X book. It's in the checklist for monthly reading when it comes to, you know, the the fall of X stuff when you go to the back of the X books, right? It is in the reading order. It just did not seem to myself that this was something that was a necessary read, that was going to be consequential until I read it, until I read the first, like, five pages of it, if I'm not mistaken, once I got through the first like three, four, five pages, I was like, "Oh, I'm hooked. I get it. I know what this. I know this is going to be somewhat important, right?" The interesting part about this is that Dead X Men carries a bunch of meanings. It carries a bunch of meanings, and if you were disappointed at how Fall of X started at the Hellfire Club Gala, rest assured. There is some redemption for that part of the story occurring right at the beginning of this book and throughout the pages of this book. And what I'm referring to is, and this is a mild, mild spoiler, is the, let's put it this way, the um, grand opening, grand closing of a certain group of characters. That's the best way to put it without completely spoiling it. (laughs) Nice. Although there's a subsection of the audience who's not going to get that, but that's fine. Catch up. <laughs> <laughs> there's only a subsection of the audience that will get that. But you know what? If you, it's true, too. If, if you understand, you know, if, if you watch some uh, comedy specials, you understand what that means. If you know, you know. Point blank. You know? Um, but so yeah. yeah. Like, that was me being obtuse. Roddy Cat will spill more of the beans, but not I'll really. let him go and talk. Actually, I'm it. not actually for this one because... Um, this one, I'm still like, I, so it just haven't asked me to read it right before we, uh, um, right before we we, we recorded and I did, and I, I tried to soak it all in and I even tried to soak it all in. Uh, but you know, it's still, just, it just came out. Um, so I, I'm not going to go too deep in it, but yeah, we definitely see some, some folks we hadn't seen in, in a, in a minute kind of come back into play. Um, and we also see, uh, some ties to what when Agent Seventy and I kind of talked about this. Uh, talked to uh, about this in the form of a plan that uh, one Charles Xavier had kind of mentioned in passing in a in a fairly recent issue of uh, Immortal X Men, where we did not know what was what that was, and here are here's where the details kind of come into play and are told. So. Um, there's really not much else to, to say for this book to, as outside of uh, that fact that at one, I'm kind of glad Agent 70 did have me read it. Uh, even though I was going to read it at some point and I, I uh, had 
actually had forgotten about it until right before we um we started um recording so it w- it was good to kind of get that one out of the way um there's still some things in this book also that was like there's still some questions cuz let it not be an ex book of the week and there's not still draw out some questions you know, uh, for something that's probably going to be answered somewhere in some other book <laughs> yeah. in the next, in the next four, three or four months. So, uh, but it's, it was good stuff. So I, I'm definitely glad I read it. Uh, I have to say that. Cool. And um, like I said, also uh, is a candidate for me. You know what? Yes, I, I will definitely say that. I, I will definitely say that. And with that, folks, um, unless there is uh, anything else we want to, uh, I don't think there is anything else, we're going to go into a rapid fire. No, I think it's time to, oh, well, as I hear myself echo, thank you, voice meter, I'm going to spin up the old minigun for rapid fire review time. I ain't got time to breathe. First up for me is Titans Beast World number six of six. This is the last issue of this miniseries event. It's written by Tom Taylor with pencils by Ivan Rice and Lucas Meyer and Eduardo Pansica. Inks are by Danny Mickey, Lucas Meyer and Julio Ferreira. Colors are by Brad Anderson and Romulo Fajardo Jr. And uh, letters are by Wes Abbott. So we get to the ending of this event. The heroes in this story, obviously obviously this is a very Titans-centric story, the heroes do not come out of this event unscathed. Neither Neither does the hero community in general, because Amanda Waller, even though her main goals are thwarted, she pivots, pivot, and figures out a way to make the best of this tougher, you know, this situation, which did not come out in her favor, but she makes the best out of it. And obviously anything that she gets the best out of is not exactly good news for the hero community. So there are a couple of developments here that are bound to carry forward. To be perfectly honest, I guess this was just the impetus. I guess it's just another step that DC is going to take in order to try to get to the point where they restore the justice league into the role as the rightful, uh, or at least the forefront of the, uh, the superhero teams. But it's still nice to see the Titans, uh, getting some shine and getting to see center stage for a little while. Next up is Philadelphia number 33 from image. It's written by Rodney Barnes with art by Jason, Sean Alexander and Herman Aramusbe. Background inks are by Robert Robert Merlendrez. Colors are by Lee Luffridge. And letters are by Marshall Dillon. This book is interesting because you get to see a little bit of the, a little bit more of the image universe interact with the Philadelphia corner of the image universe. Namely, you're dealing with the Savage Dragon, who I forgot is from Chicago. So we get a little bit of Chicago versus Philly stuff in here. Otherwise, it just feels a little bit like the story spinning its wheels in order to kind of bring in more of the image uh, uh, elements. We've kind of lost track of, you know, who, the, the, the fighting between the supernatural parts of the, the supernatural factions, that is, 
in uh, the pages of Philadelphia. This might just be a brief uh, detour until we get back to that. So we'll see. You know, I'm willing to stick it out. I've been on this book since Jump, so I'm willing to stick it out and see where that goes. Next up is Deadly Hands of Kung Fu Gang War number two. It's written by Greg Pak with art by Kayo Mahado, colors by Jim Campbell, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. I won't spoil this too much because I know that Roddy Cat will eventually circle back to this book. I will say, though, that the story was fun. Obviously, there's a lot of, um, you know, everybody doesn't trust Shang-Chi because of the whole, you know, him, a hero basically running the Five Weapons Society thing. It, there's a lot of that running around. That's fine. That story's fine. The art in this is a little tough to stomach. And I'm being, I'm, that's being me, that's me being very kind. So that, that's a little tough. Uh, last but not least is Wolverine number 42. It's written by Benjamin Percy and Victor Laval or Lavalier. Um, pencils are by Corey Smith. Inks are by Oren Jr. Colors by Alex Sinclair and letters by VCs Corey Petit. Lots of blood and guts in this issue because you've got the army of saber tooths or the saber tooth nation or the, the saber teeth, as someone puts it, <laughs> in this issue. Going up against Wolverine and what's left of X Force, and unfortunately, a bunch of uh, let's just put it this way a bunch of non combatant mutants, and it does get kind of ugly it is wolverine versus saber tooth at its core though so you're going to see lots of blood and guts and lots of people getting killed but x-force is able to kind of rally and we'll see where that and what you know how that continues in the pages of the next issue and that is it for me i will say though before i pass it to Roddy cat i caught up on a couple of books um, at the end of my reading uh, uh, binge this week or this or, or this evening, that being uh, uh, Invincible Iron Man and Guardians of the Galaxy. So I'm up to date and ready for the next issues and uh, pass it off to Ryder Cat. Cool. Um, yeah, there's, a, there's still a couple of books I need to uh, uh, handle with that as well, but I wish we'd definitely get into it. First up for me is DC Power 2024. I am not going to go, uh, and I apologize to all of the creative teams uh, involved in this, but I'm not going to go through all of the names of the creative teams uh, in this because there's a lot of them. But I will say, who has stories in this book? Uh, um, uh, In the first story, so there are 10 stories in this uh the first one is uh joe moline the green lanterns joe moline and uh john stewart so this is taking place in the far sector corner of the universe in fact it takes place directly right after far sector it's kind of like an epilogue so fans of that book should check it check this out just for that because it's a nice little fun story that kind of um encaps that uh the second second uh, story is thunder and lightning that's um uh um uh, Black Lightning's nieces still? Well, so originally nieces, I think they might have um, retconned it to being his daughters because they pretty much say that in this book, which if you watch the um, live action uh, show Black Lightning, this is what they did there. 
So I think at some point, maybe they might have done that in the comic books, or this is like an, an Elseworld thing. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but Steel, uh, Steel and uh, Natasha Irons also shows up in this one, which you'll see a lot of that going on in, in, this, um, in some of these books, in some of these stories. The third one is a story is a character called Bloodwind, which I have no idea who that is, but it's a hell based person apparently. Um, the fourth one is Superman Earth Two, um, whose um, Kryptonian, Kryptonian name is uh, escaping me at this point. Uh, the fifth story is Black Manta. The sixth one is, and that one's actually pretty pretty decent too. Uh, the sixth one is the Spectre, which is a Christmas Addicts version. And the question with uh, who's uh, uh, Rene Montoya, who's the current question at this point. Uh, there was a true re- true detective reference in there because I guess which just makes sense because they both was and are detectives. Even though I think Montoya is the the um, basically took over for um, Gordon, so she's like the, the the chief at this point. But she's still running around as a question. Uh, seven is Nubia and Mitzelplik or Mitzelplikle. Uh, Mitzel Pitlick. Thank you. I'm going to still call him Mr. Plague because that's what I grew up with. That's that's what it was in, uh, whatchamacallit, Super, Super Friends. Friends. Mm-hmm. So that one is, a, is a, a strange one, but, you know, you'd have to read to find out what's going on there. Uh, the eighth one is Kid Flash Wallace West. The ninth story is Mr. Fred Terrific. And the tenth one is um, The Signal, which I still hate that name, but the character's pretty cool. Uh, but also Renee Montoya shows up uh, in that one, and so does Batwing and the Spoiler, and a couple other folks that I'm not entirely sure who they are. But you know, you know there's there's a few different folks uh, in the DC corner that I'm not familiar with. So, uh, like I said, the first story is pretty good. The Thunder and Light one's kind of cute. Um, the uh, the Black Manta one's pretty good, and the rest of them are all right. So, um, you know, it might be worth checking out if you are you know so inclined. Like I said, this is uh, um, an anthology for just in time for uh, Black History Month, as if it wasn't apparent. Uh, second book for myself is Duke, number two of five. So we're in the G.I. Joe corner. Oops. There we go. Uh, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Tom Riley, colors by Jordi Belair, and letters by Russ Wooten. So, Duke's on the run. He goes to an old friend before the army days who just so happens to be a Joe or a Joe that some folks might know of. Let's put it that way. Uh, from, from the, uh, from the original set. Uh, and they run into some trouble into the form of a, a couple of others soon to be, uh, but not yet Joe's, uh, who are after them because, uh, general Hawk sent some folks that, uh, you would know from that universe, after Duke, because, you know, because of, uh, well, for reasons that, you know, for differing reasons, I'll put it this way, because uh, Duke didn't actually go AWOL. He just, you know, went to go find out some information uh, that uh, folks wasn't telling them. So that sends his people after him almost Mission Impossible style, because, you know, some, there, there's those three or four different times where Ethan's been disavowed and gets hunted down, <laughs> which seems to be a thing. Uh, similar way, actually. Um, we get a cameo from a well-known Cobra associate just dropped in there in the middle of the, of the, of the pages. And which I guess is kind of fitting because we see, uh, as I say in my notes, a certain, well, we see 
what the pit has been turned into uh, in this universe. And we also see, as I say in my notes, that I've misspelled a bespectacled, dark-haired femme fatale who also shows up at the end of this book. Hmm. I wonder who that could be. I wonder who that could be. That just so happens to be um, in the same space that where Duke and uh, the uh, this other, uh, I'll say it, go ahead and say it, is Clutch, uh, mm-hmm. ends up uh, uh, being stored, let's just put it that way. So yeah, this book continues to be going. Where is it going to go? Don't know, but you know, I'm sure it's going to lead into the GI Joe proper book, and probably Duke's going to be back in command at some point. There was a reference, like uh, uh, as I say in my notes, to a familiar relationship that Duke has that was um, brought up in the movie, and I basically said, "No, please don't call him," because <laughs> he's a, as uh, I believe, as Beach has said, a gold-plated goofball in that movie. So yeah. Okay. Uh, or something, to, or something to that effect. Anyway, uh, next up for me is Star Trek Picard. So Academy number five of six written by Sam Maggs art by Ornella, uh, Greco colors by Charlie Kirchhoff and loaded by Jeff Eckleberry. So, uh, yes, this is the penultimate issue. Uh, Picard and crew are still kind of in trouble because they were on a test mission uh, out in space with a real ship where they are beset by Romulans who, as of last issue, kind of boarded the ship and some got taken care of, but they still have some in out in space, out in their, um, uh, out in their port view mirror. And there's a lot of infighting because, you know, People are kind of scared and, you know, Picard thinks he, his way should be the way it goes. And this other dude that is just kind of his rival thinks um, his way is the way to go. And both ways didn't work. So, of course, at the end, things kind of have to come together to where both have to be tried. And we'll see where that takes them um, um, in the next issue. And I'm pretty sure they don't know it, but uh, I, this is probably going to end up being not a test is what they think it is because they're still thinking that Starfleet's testing them. But I think this is probably some some real ass stuff that they got into <laughs> that they're, they're, they're not aware of at this point. Uh, and the last book for myself, which um, I know Agent 70 attempted to read, but um, didn't quite get to through was moon man number one uh by <clears throat> mad solar which is an imprint of uh image comics uh, what makes this notable is because it is being co-written uh, by scott kid cootie Mescuti, uh if you know who kid cootie is congratulations and kyle H- uh, higgins um the art b is being done by marco lacati Colors by Igor Monti and letters by Hassan Asmane Alao. So, Agent Seven and I both kind of hit upon a a similar issue with this book in that the art's kind of rough. Mm. Um, I I want it's I can't say for certain it's probably a stylistic choice on purpose, but that doesn't make it any better if that is the case. Um, you, you kind of can't get through it. So it's, but it is still kind of rough in, in certain aspects because there are some things got to go on in certain, in certain parts of the book. It's like, what is going on here? Every, like it's, it's a little busy, 
a little busy. But the the Cliff Notes version is something you've seen before, and I'm not going to give it away, but let's just say it has something to do with a, a space crew that just came home. Uh, there was an event out in space that kind of kept them from completing their mission. Something Cosmic uh, rays! <laughs> kind of, probably, but yeah. Uh, but... Um, uh, they were trying to get back to the moon after 50 years, and they make that point a couple of different times in, in this uh, in this issue. But like I said, did make it. There's a, a significant amount of time that was lost, and people was wondering, uh, people back on Earth was wondering what's going on. So clearly, everybody knows about this event. Uh, and I and I say event because we have had events in the past that have kind of caused things to happen on Earth, uh, and this is not that much difference. Because uh, as one person has found out, some things is happening to them to 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 him. So whether he was the first one or or not, probably not. But this is the first one we have come across so far. And there's a big corporation uh, because of this uh this this mission was not an, a NASA funded mission, but a private um, space joint. Not unlike ones you've seen in the real world, but. Also, just like not unlike in the real world, this is well. I'm not gonna say that because this is a big company that has its fingers in a lot of pockets in, in this universe, uh, and also is not well liked by a whole bunch of people for probably that reason. So, and again, not that far from some companies in the real world, also. So, you know, there are some parallels there that um, you can catch. You just got to kind of get past the art to get there, because like, this is a story that's. If you've read enough comics or and or, uh, you know, sci-fi stuff, you've probably seen similar to this. Like I said, it's, if you can get past the art, it's not a bad read, um, but it does, as Agent 7 says, does kind of make it a little dense to kind of get through. So that is it for myself. Um, clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. So yeah, um, I think uh, I, I assume you're still going with the ones you mentioned earlier. Yeah, those are my candidates. Mm-hmm. Those are my candidates. Uh, cool. My top two picks: Which Dead X Men number one and Avengers Twilight book two. Thank you. And for myself, still between the two. Yeah. Um, for myself, I'm thinking between uh, um, Avengers Inc. Of course, uh, Dead X Men. And um, <clears throat> I, I did like a lot of stuff in the DC Power, but I can't say it, it would be uh, it'd be in there. But it's, there was some good stuff in there. Um, yeah, and maybe uh, Avengers Twilight as well. Um, oddly enough, like I said, those two Avengers book has a, a, once again has a tie in it to uh, to a thing that's probably going to come up at some point. In one book, probably uh, quicker than the other, for certain. So. Uh, Duke number two is also all all right, but I'm not sure if I'm prepared to put that in there uh, as a potential, but it was good, though. So. I think uh, um, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I'm I'm leading with my heart on this one. Avengers Inc. number five is going to be. Yeah, yeah. I I figured you would. I figured you would. 
Um, I'm actually going to go against the grain just a touch because I really enjoyed Dead X-Men number one. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed Avengers Twilight number book two or number two also. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I think the surprise of enjoying Dead X-Men number one really got me this week. Yeah, agreed. I, it is definitely up there for me too. Like I said, I'm I'm, I'm glad you uh, you asked me to read it. So, because <laughs> I probably would have texted you after the fact. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> when I did read it, right? And 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 shout out to whomever wrote the opening synopsis of the entirety of Hawks, like Hawkspox to fall to 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 Dawn of X to Rise of to Fall of X. You know, it's literally like three paragraphs, but those are some of the best pieces of like information that we've gotten in months, if not yeah, years. Yeah. If you wanted a concise uh, Cliff Notes version of what's what's been going on in this whole record era, that's pretty much it. Yep. Like, yep. One or two more. things might have been left out, but, you know, still. I was about to say, though, I think the important part, right? The key hmm. to the, the synopsis is the why. Right. Right. Because once you figure out the why and how everything connects, that's what makes everything make more sense. Right. Because usually those synapses are like, hey, this is what's going on in this book is not necessarily all the way around. What is, you know, what is important that has happened prior to this? That's going to be important for this book is the case. And it sure is. <laughs> right. So I kid you not, folks. Shout out to whomever wrote that. Yes, indeed. And with that, folks, we're going to go over into the news section. But first, let's get an ad read. Our first ad read of the night is for Wink, your personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to Toronte, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member and you can skip or cancel any time. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash Wink. That's cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. Wink Wines through CSPN. Do it today. And now we get into the news. Starting off with cinematic news as we do about this time. Uh, some good and bad news, but also news that's not very surprising if you're a Doctor Who fan. So Doctor Who replaces Millie Gibson um, uh, as the uh, as the companion after one season. Again, not the first time this has happened in the world of Doctor Who, uh, classic or new. Uh, who is going to take the place of her is actually cool, personally, because it is Varada Sethu, that some may have seen from Anthor, uh, Andor. That was uh, Senta from Andor. Oh, okay, uh, because you know what I was going to come at you with. Who? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 yep. Um, 
So yeah, so she's the so so that's was who's going to replace uh, Millie Gibson. There's apparently, according to this article, there is no specific reason for Millie Gibson's exit, but apparently the Daily Mirror's reporting suggests that um, uh, the the showrunner Russell T Davies decided to write her out um, after the first season. Again, not the first time this has happened in the in the annals of, of Doctor Who, especially the new Who, but definitely um, just in general. So. If there's going to be something else that comes out um, from this after that, we'll find out then. But like I said, doesn't seem to be in the news. She will, uh, Gibson will reappear as her character a handful of times in the Christmas special, which is uh, not yet uh, appeared yet. So won't see the end, not the the last time we see that character. So um, next up. When, dismi- when discussing his brief cameo in The Flash, Nicolas Cage recently revealed that the original plan for the scene was apparently much more interesting than the version in the final movie. Cage had originally been slated to play Superman back in the 90s in a film directed by Tim Burton. Uh, let's see here. The Flash would or could have given Cage a chance to show off his version of Superman, if only for a few seconds. However, the movie opted to replace Cage's original performance with the eventual CGI version that showed up fighting a giant spider, which was a reference to another failed attempt at Superman. So, yeah, whatever, man. I'm never watching that Flash movie again, so it doesn't matter to me. (laughs) I haven't watched it yet, so <laughs> you, you still got a one up on me, or I have one up on you. I don't know whichever the case. Yeah, it, it goes both ways. Yeah. And next up, though, um, hey, guess what? Um, um, James Gunn has found a Supergirl. Um, so, and who comes in the form of House of the Dragons Millie Alcott? Uh, if you're watching the video version, you can see a uh, picture of her. Um, I still don't know who she is, but um, thank you for telling us where she's from. Um, I watched House of the Dragon, and I was like, oh, she's super young, but then they make her look super young right. in House of the Dragon. So yeah. this obviously by the different. time this film, she's going to be somewhat you know, in her mid-20s and you know, may probably look a little older. Well, yeah, but also historically, Supergirl is on the – well, even though she's supposedly older than – you know, Kal-El, whatever, she's still right. younger, presents younger than he is, does because of what happened, what I'm assuming they're going to do and why they're, you know, going with her for that reason. So, but yeah, there you go. Um, she beat out a couple other people and there, that's what we got. So this is, um, so yeah, she's going to be the Supergirl in her own movie, but she's also going to show up in probably likely that Superman legacy movie uh, prior to that and probably something else according to this article next up all right just a moment paramount plus nah just paramount plus you don't get the plus you don't get the 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 faint treatment paramount plus starts production on star trek section 31 movie starring michelle yo and has added seven folks to the cast okay yeah looking forward to it i still need to watch discovery but um looking forward to it so, um, speaking of, well, not speaking of uh, Paramount Plus, but I'm just going to put this in here because I didn't put it in the lineup, I don't think. But, um, hey, folks, if you got Hulu and you're sharing your passwords, uh, they're cracking down with it just like Disney Plus. 
is uh is doing not surprising because disney owns hulu so it was a mm-hmm. matter of time uh but next up star wars's billy d williams addresses lando's unresolved rise of plot line uh, rise of skywalker plot line which i believe has something to do with uh, lando's daughter who was lost um and he was speaking to some podcast and saying uh, they were trying to. Des- no, I'm not gonna do that. Uh, they were trying to decide whether I should have a daughter. I don't know if they decided to follow up on the idea. I've heard any feedback or anything, or where, or what this, uh, direction they want to take with that. So, and um, yeah, it also mentions which people were fans were speculating that uh, the character of Janna, who showed up at the end of Rise of Skywalker, could potentially be Lando's daughter which I wouldn't be surprised if that is the case and also mentions an old novel that may or may not be uh, canon anymore uh, to the name of his doc- daughter in those books in that book next up alright next up as reported by Deadline Geraldine Viswanathan is set to join Marvel Studios' Thunderbolts as she replaces Io Edebri who is departing the project due to scheduling after production was delayed due to the dual WGA and SAG after strikes last year. So Viswanathan is the second recent addition after the film added Lewis Pullman to step in for Stephen Yun, who departed for similar scheduling reasons as Edebri. Uh My guess is that one, Io Edebri just won an Emmy for her role in The Bear. Right. But, it's probably a mix of she just won an Emmy and the bear going back into production, which is why she can't go on to do this Thunderbolts role. Well, I was about to say, not just that, because she's, she's got a lot of apparently projects and uh, either coming or, or working on. Because, yeah, she's been she's been around uh, busy. She's been busy lately. So, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, now that everything's going back into production, she's got to prioritize. So right. I get that. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know what? I, my understanding is that she was going to play like a somewhat minor role, bring her back for something good. She's very good in the bear. I definitely recommend watching it. If you can't take a lot of people arguing and yelling at each other, maybe the bear is not for you. <laughs> Wait, in or outside of the kitchen, or both? Uh, both, yeah. both <laughs> figures, both. So yeah, there's a, you know that's the the, the one. The one kind of bit of feedback I get from people who I recommend the bear to is there's so much yelling. I'm just like, you know, it's it's almost unbearable for some people. Mm. Yeah, understood. But her. Yes. But shout out to her. Get get that bag. (laughs) Um, Next up, though. um, News. So that El Muerto uh, Spider-Man project is reportedly back in development, but without Bad Bunny. And I'm just going to wow, yeah, and all, and also you could also put (laughs) why in in that. Because you know the last we heard is like yeah, Bad Bunny had departed the the, that project, and they probably weren't. There was going to it wasn't happening because of strikes, or it wasn't going on because of strikes. But uh, apparently, a report uh, from Variety kind of says that it might could still happen for some odd reason that none of us need. So, next up. 
The season finale of Percy Jackson and the Olympians paid tribute to the late actor Lance Reddick, who starred as Zeus in the Disney Plus series. <laughs> as reported by Deadline, the season one finale's credits begin with a title card reading, quote, in loving memory of Lance Reddick, unquote. The actor, who was also known for his roles in John Wick and The Wire, passed away suddenly from natural causes on March 17th. His appearance in Percy Jackson will be one of his final on-screen performances, as his passing came not long after production ended. Indeed. And also a, a major character in the video game Destiny 2, or Destiny and Destiny 2. So, um, Next up, uh, according to Matthew Vaughn, there, uh, there's a King Kick-Ass reboot and Kingsman 3 are both ready to go, apparently. And Matthew Vaughn has been out there talking uh, a lot lately. <laughs> For, for for reasons. Um one of which actually had to do with that um that uh Millie Alcott story uh that we talked about. Because I think he was talking about it was like, you know, okay, they cast her, but who's directing that? I forget the director, blah 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 blah. Whatever, it doesn't matter. So yeah, mm-hmm. um there's probably gonna be and actually I know he's got that new movie with her in it, uh Argyle, which also has uh Henry Cavill in it. You know. So if you liked his other stuff, this from what I've seen of it, seems like to be is going to be a, a lot of those kind of shenanigans still in it. This King, King's uh, Kingsman movie were actually pretty good. I don't think I've I think there's only one that I hadn't seen, and that was that like the origin one. Um, those are pretty fun, and Kickass is what it is. So, next up, alrighty, um, we're getting. The return of a funny character from the original Ghostbusters movie, that being William Atherton's sneering, nosy, nosy EPA inspector, Walter Peck. And that character apparently is returning in Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. Okay. Not only that, one, this man, yes, this man has no penis, but also Janine's coming back. Right. So you might get Annie a Ghostbusters, what do you want? Yep. Andy so, Potts, that's cool. Yep. Um, so that's cool. I still hadn't seen the the, the previous one, so but, uh, it's not it's not terrible. You can you know, you'd be you know, you you do all right watching it. It's not like something you need to rush to, but if you want to watch this movie, then yeah. Sure. You should watch that one. Actually I hadn't seen uh Answer the Call either, but you know, yeah, it is what it is. Uh we're gonna get well, no, we're not. Sorry, we're not there yet. I, I jumped a gun. Godzilla mm-hmm. minus one earns more than a hundred million dollars globally. Cool beans. Um, and also, exactly. Um, according to this article, there was an update saying from Deadline that reported that uh, the film has now become the third highest-grossing foreign language film of all time in the U.S., surpassing 2002's Hero and 2019's Parasite, uh, the top spot belonging to uh, still, still, actually, Crouchy Tiger and Hidden Dragon. There's no and in that. I don't know why I put that in there. And 1997's Life is Beautiful. So, yeah. Not the only Godzilla yeah, news my that we have to here. Watch it, uh, watch um, uh, Minus Color. Because I think it left theaters at the end of January. Because today is February 1st. Wait, Minus Color left? I think so. Hmm. I think so. I, saw I think they both left. 
Mm, that's weird because I saw uh, a listing on Fandango. Well, Fandango Ford today, the first. So mm. you might be right about well, that. Well, now I'm going to check. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say while you do while you do the next story because I saw something on social media that said that it, that both were leaving the theaters, but uh, maybe it was just uh, the regular version that finally left theaters. Nope, today's last day for <laughs> minus color. From what I'm seeing, oh, like see? and they go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so today is the last. So today is the last day, not yesterday, but today being the last day. So right, that sucks. Yeah, that sucks. To... Now I'm kind of curious because I'm sure there's going to be a digital and physical treatment, which I'm definitely going to get. Um, and I wonder if they're going to uh, do both, or you know, do one and then come back later and do a, another treatment for minus color try, or something. Try to get. Yeah, we'll so. see. Yeah, I hope they don't. I hope they do, do they put them together in a, in a big thing. But you know, because, but we'll see. I mean, well. yeah, that sucks. Time that like I meant to go watch it. Like I, I it slipped my mind yesterday, and yesterday was the perfect time to go see it. I was in between uh, things. No, you know, no, no, nothing else scheduled for last night, and it just right. completely slipped my mind. I do. I actually know someone. Uh, who has seen it and they liked it a lot. I'm not sure if they saw the regular version, but they definitely saw Minus Color and they enjoyed it. But, you know, uh, they like a lot of things. So I, I can't, you know, <laughs> I can't just take it on that, but just, just that they liked it. So understood, understood. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with like a lot of things, but, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, oh, next up. So you have to be of a certain vintage to even remember this show. But there was a once upon a show time uh, back in the 70s, there was a show called Kung Fu. It was uh, starred by a white person, not the first one, not the last one. Oh, no. Um, that was running around as a, a person who knows Kung Fu. Uh, if you heard the term uh, walking the earth like Kane, that is exactly where that came from. Well, guess what? They're going to do a remake of Kung Fu with Donnie Yen. In the starring role, uh, and apparently Bullet Train's director will be at the helm. I've uh, at the helm. I've heard good things about Bullet Train, but I have not seen it. I watched it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that. So yeah, uh, according to a new d- report on Deadline, Yin will play Kwai uh, Chang Kane in a remake of Kung Fu, the classic nineteen uh, seventies martial arts series. I think oh, wait, is it going to be a movie or a show? Doesn't seem like he would. It would be a show. You know how they sometimes been remaking stuff into them. Okay, uh, it's a re- theatrical remake and doesn't have a rela- uh, release date yet. So there okay. we go. that answers that question. Next up, we are going to go into Anime Corner. Yes, we're going into Anime Corner, and it's a good thing that Roddy Cat <laughs> altered the order here so that I could get this story. So here we go, Anime Corner. playing all of them all righty so haiku the movie decisive battle at the garbage dump dropped a new trailer and the movie is hitting japan next month and haiku uh, has a new trailer for the highly anticipated film so um the official social media account shared the new television spot that gives Sports anime fans, a closer look at one of the final matches of Hinata's team. So, um, 
let's see. Uh, so we still don't know when this is going to hit America, but um, you know, we, we're just going to have to keep keep tuning in because we're going to keep uh, on the lookout for news about that. Indeed. Sorry, I was just throwing something in. Okay. In the news really, really quick. Yeah. Yeah. So the first of the two final films arrives in February. So hopefully soon we will find out when we're, when we, when we here in North America will be able to see it because, um, you know, they, they have not put anything out about when North America gets it. But rest assured, you will know because Agent 70 will, <laughs> will be right there. I'm going to be on top of it. Yeah. Volleyball in hand. Um, <laughs> dressed in orange. Uh, yeah. I'm looking around to see, see if uh, one of the volleyballs I have at home is nearby, but it's a little too far away. Yeah, it's fine. We'll 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 catch up with that uh, some other time. But um, yeah. So and I'm sure there will be some news at some point soon. So uh, next up, though, uh, you need to really stop doing this. Thank you. Digimon Adventure 2, the beginning uh, Blu-ray has been announced uh, from Shout Studios and Toy Animation. So, yeah, you Digimon fans out there um, who probably haven't seen it already. um, uh, This is, I guess, pretty much continuing to wreck your childhood in a way because those movies have, from what I understand, have been kind of sad. The the, the kids have all grown up and, and from from what I remember of the last movie, which I hadn't seen, but I know a little bit about, uh, it was, uh, the older kids last, uh, last hurrah with their Digimon. And I think this is taking up from the second crew, uh, who have also gotten older, uh, according to this Daisuke, uh, uh, Motomiya is now 20. So yeah. And the rest of the Digigestion seem to be changing bit by bit in terms of appearance and lifestyles. And uh, a giant Digimon kind of happens to uh, to run up, and of course they got to get back into action once again. So you know the you know the vibe. I'm sure um, jokes folks will be um, uh, be down for it. Um, Digimon, the real power world. Anyway, so, so there are certain folks who will get that reference. Next up, I was about to say. I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to move on into the manga corner and we're going to get another uh, haiku story. So here we go again. <laughs> so the... Haiku Manga gets a new one-shot on February 5th, so this year's ninth issue of Shueisha's Weekly Shonen Jump manga- magazine revealed that uh, Haruichi Furutate will pen a new one-shot for the Haiku Manga that Shueisha will publish in the magazine's 10th issue on February 5th. The 16-page chapter will have a color page and will commem- commemorate um, the upcoming Haiku film. The chapter will tell a, quote, different angle, unquote, to the Karasuno High versus Nekoma High, high Showdown. Okay. And unlike Agent 70, I have no idea what that's, what that's talking about, but I, sure. I um, I wish I had gotten, a, I could have gotten the transition a little bit smoother there, but that was on me. I was in a hurry. Um, but cool. Next up, though, Dragon Ball announces special Death Note collaboration. 
So I don't know about you. I would not want Vegeta to get his hands on the Death Note because we know who would be the first one to catch it. Um. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, she caught it. She caught it in a different way. That's why. Okay. Right. Um. About said that's why they have trunks. But that's terrible. It's terrible. Man. It is. But hey. Um. So apparently, being that this is the 40th, 40th anniversary of Dragon Ball, folks, we're old. You, I mean, it's not like you can tell that from my beard. But anyway, um, it says here that the artist behind the Death Note is teaming up with uh, the purveyors of Dragon Ball on a new project to help hype up this, uh, this 40th anniversary. Uh, see, not only will the Dragon Ball anime return for a brand new anime series in Dragon Ball Daima, which we have talked about previously, but several of Shueisha's biggest names have been teaming up for a cool new project. Uh, let's see, Shueisha will be commemorating Dragon Ball's 40th anniversary with a special art exhibit for the franchise in Japan and has been leading up to the ex- uh, exhibit by showing off uh, Shonen Jump's biggest creators, sharing their takes on Dragon Ball, which I think we may have talked about that exhibit previously. I don't remember. But, um, yeah, a lot of remixing of covers and, and from, from other creators, including uh, Takeshi Obata of uh, Death Note. So if you're in Japan and want to send us some pictures from that exhibit, if you can, Hey, please, by all means do, cause we're not going to be able to see it. <laughs> Unless someone does that. Uh, is there anything else to it? Nope. It doesn't seem like next up. All righty. So a new Kodansha and humble bundle deal delivers $1,500 of manga for 30 whole dollars. So, um, so you can get this bundle full of fan favorite titles. Um, so if you look at the deal, you can see the publisher is putting its award-worthy title center stage. Uh, yeah. So I'm trying to see. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, so from Vinland Saga to Witch Hat Atelier, you have 20 days to purchase this gift. I want to see a list of them. You have to click through, through the uh, go to the bottom of the thing and click through. Oh, see the Kodansha deal. I yeah. gotcha. It's gotcha, nothing gotcha. that you would probably know of, and and I I would say it's like popularly probably a lot of well manga people who read manga on a regular probably know a lot of these. I'm right. Vinland Saga is one of those adaptations that I know is popular. Right. Uh, no. Outside of that, I can't say that I know Shangri La Frontier. I've heard of, but I've not. Um, yeah. Right. And if they don't include Attack on Titan, um, is that you Kod- know? Yes. No, they're not. It's definitely not. Um, right. They don't want to include Attack on Titan. They're not going to draw anybody's, like, you know, attention. To be I perfectly. disagree on that, but um, because, like I said, manga artists, I mean, manga, manga um, readers. Uh, readers are a little bit more voracious than that. So uh, there's definitely a, um, a an audience for this. Uh, specifically for these ones, because I don't know anything about them, but they seem for a specific uh, set of manga readers. Apparently they're award-winning and nominated. So, you know, nothing to sneeze at. And I'm pretty sure if they did a, a, a attack on Titan, and I'm pretty sure they probably have, it would be a bundle on its, in, unto itself. On its own, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I feel like I probably have done it actually. 
Either way, hey, Humble Bundle, you know it, you love it. Uh, go check it out if you are interested. Um, let's see, where are we now? Uh, cart, uh, excuse me, comic book news. Comic book news. Let's go for a good transition. Let's go. Perfect. Cartoon books to release um, collection of early Jeff Smith Smith works. So, um, yes, Cartoon Books, which is the name of the the publishing company, uh, is going to do a collection of Bone, which that's the only thing from Jeff Smith that I know about. Um, his college strip Thorn, and uh, which I guess looks like came before Bone hit from his college days as I said and uh, that's it if you can if you're watching the video version you can see um, um, you can see a, a uh, image of the two characters uh, have uh, slapping hands and I'm gonna put this one for next week and this one for also next week but yeah that's that looks like there was a Kickstarter last week last year that made it uh and it looks like there's going to be a 304 page uh trade paperback edition that follows uh, a hard cover edition for both of those it seems uh the trade is going to be released january 30th of this year for 30 bucks next up one moment oh Uh, Starscream versus Soundwave decides the Decepticons leader in a major change to Transformers lore. So this is uh, solicitations. This is from solicitations from uh, April's Transformers number seven, which promises a fight between Starscream and Soundwave to determine once and for all who leads the Decepticons. Yeah, it's a little different. It is, but this but this uh, version of Transformers has been pretty much leading up to it. I so I I'm, I wasn't surprised by this one uh, by right. seeing this was the case. There was another article that I neglected to put in that was also from solicitations that had to do with uh, Corporate Commander, and I felt like that one was slightly more spoilery than than this one, even though solicitations by their very nation are kind of spoilerish in a way. Mm. So. You'll probably see about that one closer to when that book comes out, I would imagine. But um, this is something I did not know was a thing. But the next epic chapter of the Nacelleverse begins in April with RoboForce number one. So apparently Nacelle, who we actually talked about last week, uh, funny enough, and I think what kind of made me look into some things, uh, purveyors of um, the toys that made us, the movies that made us, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, have been dipping their hands into comic book publishing and other things, uh, including a um, streaming comedy channel, apparently, from what I found out. But yeah, uh, this is their collaboration with Oni Press. Um, and this is their first book out of that called from is uh, Robo Force number one. According to this article, the must read first issue putting the 22nd century's most advanced robot strike force into the milestone uh, comic book debut. And I believe Robo Force robot. Yeah. Robo Force is a property before now. Like it's not a new property. 
I feel like I've seen this elsewhere. Like, like it has a tour line somewhere, but I can't remember if it's the case. Uh, Robo Force number one is going to come out uh, April 17th, 2024. Uh, and there's a little synopsis as to, um, Oh, there's also a little synopsis of it, but also it says here that the, the comic series leads into a direct uh, animated series also by Nacelle Company, which is co-produced by Brian Volk Weiss of Nacelle and Seven Bucks Productions' Dwayne, y'all know him, The Rock Johnson, Danny Garcia, Hiram Garcia, and Brian Gerwitz. Or Gerwitz. So... Uh, like I said, I was looking through the Nacelle versus uh, other projects, and there are some, if you are of a certain vintage, notable inclusions here, such as Sectars, Warriors of Symbion, Cowboys, hey! of, Cowboys of Moo Mesa, uh, The Great Garlu is probably the only one that I don't know of, Power Lords and of Biker Mice from Mars, which I know is also getting a book. All of these are actually getting a, a book. Um uh, but it, but that is the uh, that is the way they are coming out, and the writer for those books are Melissa Flores. If you're watching the video version, you can see that and all of those uh, characters in uh, in its glory, in their glory. So apparently, Nacelle's doing it big or continuing to do it big. Mm-hmm. So good on them. Uh, apparently, uh, Ryan Reynolds is, is executive producing on that uh, Biker Mice from Mars uh, thing, and I can't say that I'm surprised by that one. Next up. Spider-Boy attempts to write his own theme song in this preview for Spider-Boy number three, really. You know. That's all I got to say, really. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Get it. I get it. I, uh, well, I'm glad you do because I I still having trouble getting. It. Listen, Slot said if the people didn't want to buy it, they wouldn't have bought it. So apparently right. they're still buying Spider Boy. He's right. He's right. You know, I, and it's not a knock against that at all. But st- but still, mm-hmm. people are gonna buy silly stuff anyway. And when we could have had a goddamn Avengers Inc. book, continue to be the case. Anyway, um, yes, I'm still salty about that. Next up, mm-hmm. though, um, which I should have moved to the man. This site is so slow to load. Um, there we go. I should have moved this, but Mickey and friends celebrate sixty years of Avengers and X Men. So yeah, we've I've already shown a bunch of their um uh variant covers from when we talked about uh, Amazing Spider-Man, and they're still going, but there's going to be some more. The reason why I put this one here, because y'all know me, I'm a fan of West Coast Avengers, so I had to show the West Coast Avengers Disney, uh, um, Mixy Miles and Folks cover, which is, um, you know, which takes up from uh, West Coast Avengers number one. So, if you're watching the video versions, you can see that right there um, with Disney characters in, in the... Um, I would say appropriate <laughs> costumings, I guess. Um, and there's also an X-Men one, which I'm also showing right now, which is looks like, um, I don't know what cover this is. Uh, oh, this is the, the Havoc cover. Gotcha. I guess that's the first appearance of Havoc. Minnie Mouse is, D- uh, is Dazzler. And I guess that's the, that's the last one that uh, they, they uh, put out here. 
You will probably see some of these again because these are variant covers for Amazing Spider-Man uh, and X-Men. Nope. No, these are all the Amazing Spider-Man um, variant covers, as they have been. So, Which is a weird choice for them to put them on because those covers have nothing to do with Spider-Man. So, with the exception of one or two that they've done. So, that's kind of funny. Next up. Right. So, interestingly, there's a concept over at Marvel called Black, White, and Red. When you know, you're dealing with some of the heroes or characters even that uh, get a little get things a little bloody, right? So now they've brought it over to the Star Wars corner and they're they're doing Star Wars Darth Maul, right? Interestingly, um, they've done Darth Vader black, white, and red before. Now they're doing Darth Maul black, white, and red, but they're doing four issues of it. Mm-hmm. Which they've done. Ah. Yeah, because I think that last Darth Vader one, I believe, was a couple of issues. Interesting. The most notable thing about here, obviously, with the the, the cover schemes that they that they put in here, um, that is pretty much Darth Maul's colors anyway. So right, right, right. It, right. it all checks out. Um, but yeah, I need to. Check, I wanted to check out that uh, Darth Vader one. I'm glad this uh, this reminded me of that one. Um, anywho, next up. Some news that I, I found uh, particularly interesting, even though I think I have all of them. Uh, Sex Criminals is going to be collected into a complete edition. Uh, as these this site finally loads up, uh, you can see the what looks to be the cover uh, of the co- uh, edition if you're watching the video version. So yeah, um, uh, Matt Fraction and Chip Zuzowski's Notable Works um, will be collected in its entirety, issues one through thirty, and the one shot uh, special edition number sixty nine <laughs> into a massive uh, paperback compendium edition this March from uh, Image Comics. So there you go, folks. Um, I don't, does it say it'll be available March twenty seventh and twenty sixth and twenty seventh? I'm looking for a uh, a price. For this thing, um, I don't see a price. So there you go. I'm sure. Yeah, it'll it'll probably be upwards of thirty, forty, fifty. Next up, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League has been pulled offline after a bizarre game beating bug. Beating bug. The servers were operational for just an hour before players started encountering the issue. Um. If you're a video game, uh, uh, if you're a gamer, you this is not surprising or much news because a lot of games kind of come out broken. Uh, but I have seen a couple of people playing recently, even though I don't think the game. Well, I guess the game came out today or yesterday, or I guess if you bought in earlier or something. I'm not entirely sure. I haven't played it yet, so I don't. I haven't even bought it yet. Um, it's had mixed reviews. From what I understand, but I try not to to uh, check out those because sometimes they're a little. Da, 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 da. Um, this article notes that yeah, like I said, there are other big games that have had bad launches before. Um, yeah, according to this, this uh, this game was should uh, should come out on the second, which is tomorrow as of recording. But like I said, I have seen people playing yesterday, <laughs> so I, I assume that was. Um, People either bought in early or something or other to that effect. 
if you don't know the premise of it, hey, the Suicide Squad has to kill the Justice League, who's been taken over uh, mm-hmm. by what seems like a, a star-like thing, which kind of seems familiar uh, if you're um, reading that Beast World, Titans, yeah. yeah, the Titans thing. So, coincidence? Probably not. Um, next up, though. Um, oh. Suicide Squad's Killed the Justice League might not be Kevin Conroy's final Batman performance. Apparently, he will have, um, he might have a, a part in Batman Cape Crusader, which is that, um, that animated series that is coming out on, I guess, on Max. I don't know. Um, and uh, the Crisis on Infinite Earth trilogy which is also uh, going to come out sometime later, start coming out sometime later this year. So uh, the preeminent voice of Batman uh, is still, uh, will still be around for a little while longer, but also will continue to be in our hearts and, you know, subsequent runs of uh, Batman, the animated series and, and uh, justice league. So, which I've been reading, been meaning to go back to that show. Speaking of, um, but yeah, there's that. Next up, so Dave the Diver is bringing Godzilla with him to PS5 this spring. So Dave the Diver is coming to PS5 and PS4. The 2023 breakout hit won Indie Game of the Year at the Game Awards and was included in Engadget's Best Games of 2023. It arrives on these consoles in April and a Godzilla crossover DLC follows it in May. The game has you exploring a vast underworld underwater world full of mysteries during the day and helming a sushi restaurant at night. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Dave, that were launched on PC in June and arrived on switch in late October. So apparently, uh, uh, the Godzilla DLC Introduces even more enormous threats lurking in the depths as you prepare to meet the king of the monsters in the blue hole. Okay. So the funny part about this, so this is from uh, the day before, well, yeah, yesterday as of this recording, um, there was Sony had a state of play where this was announced. And of course, in true fashion, it was like we see David the Diver, Dave the Diver, you know, showing up. And then they play the music, uh, the, the Godzilla movie music. So that in itself and then you see Godzilla just rising up from the blue hole and I was like that made me so happy because when I heard the music I was like oh snap they're they're really (laughs) doing this and sure enough there it is so that was cool Uh, speaking of Godzilla Godzilla um, how would you like to see some Godzilla in a children's book Um, because guess what you're going to get get one Uh, apparently uh, there was going to be a uh, book called Brave Like Godzilla, written by Charlie Moon and illustrated by jo- Jordan Bradley and Milo Moore, uh, coming out uh, to, for readers uh, 4 to 8, of course. And the new story will be running for 32 pages in length and retail at fourteen ninety nine. but I'm sure there's probably going to be some other folks get it. Uh, and it's going to release on June 25th. If you wait, I thought I saw a cover. I did see a cover of this. There is a cover. I didn't see it in the thing though, or at least on Monday. There we go. Um, you see Godzilla there. If you're watching the, the video version, if you're not watching the video version, you see Godzilla. I'm going to say Godzuki, even though I not know the son of Godzilla and not Godzuki. 
and, and uh, um, a couple of other kaiju uh, therein. Or maybe the little one is Godzilla, and that's Godzilla's parent. I don't know. No, that's Manila. Manila? Mm-hmm. Manila or Minya, but Manila is uh, the, the kid. Yeah, son of Godzilla, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to call him Katsuki because let's face it, that's what I grew up with. Um, I know. Uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're not old enough. Don't worry about it. Go go look up your cartoon history, kids. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's the thing. So check that out if you so feel so inclined. Next up. All righty. One moment. I was seconds away from pre-ordering that on Amazon. <laughs> uh, and that's why I put that little tidbit about other folks. Because <laughs> I figured that was going to be the case. Uh, okay, one second. Letting this story load. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Goku's Next Journey DLC. Official announcement trailer. So... Um, this is, uh, new DLC for the action RPG. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which, um, yeah, sounds like it's pretty much, uh, in capping, uh, well, it's, it's, it's the end of Dragon Ball Z basically, because that's when <laughs> folks end up, um, meeting up with Oob after everything. So sure. I forgot who Oob was. I was like, Oob. It's another iteration of Boo. Oh, that's right. There's so much. Listen, folks, you know, or the reincarnated version of Boo, I should say. All right. I mean, I kind of I kind of struggle with that whole story, you know, because I, you know, I I, listen as as a fan of Animaniacs. When I when I was finally, you know, watch uh, catching up on Dragon Ball Z Mm -hmm. and they introduced this character named Majin Boo. All all I could think of was. uh, Uh. you're not a man. You're a Majin. Yes, indeed. No? Mm-hmm. So, so every time he came on the screen, I was like, "You're not a man. You're a Majin." Boo. Which also still checks out. <laughs> so yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. Um, wow, this article says that the, the that game is four years old. I didn't realize that because it doesn't seem like it. That was the case, but sure. Um. Hasbro reveals Omega Prime Transformer crowdfunding project. Uh, Optimus Prime and Ultra Magnus, apparently. Uh, um, And, well, them separately, but also they combine into uh, one, as you can see from the video version, uh, together. And I don't know what version this comes from because it's, oh, Robots in Disguise. That's why I don't know it. (laughs) Ah. Because there was a lot of that going on in that show from what I remember. And I've seen, like, clips and stuff of that show, but I've never actually watched it. Um, so now that makes sense. So, yeah, there you go. I've been yeah, planning to watch I was that just stuff. Like, what are you guys talking about? What are you talking about? Yeah, like I said, the the, the later shows kind of started doing stuff like that. Um, and it's like, uh, okay. So, I mean, to be fair, probably some of the couple of the Japanese ones that probably did that as well but i'm still kind of going through those so yeah um it's three figures an 8.5 inch optimus and 11.5 inch ultra magnus and a 5.75 inch blue bolt figure uh, which i assume that is also another character in the uh in that show it is going for 250 
so yeah, that's a that's their crowdfunding thing. I'm pretty sure they'll probably make it because I'm sure I'm a Transformers fan, but I don't know this one though. So uh, yeah, probably gonna stay away from that one. Uh, next up though. All right. Last but not least. So uh, let me get this article open because I was too busy trying to figure out who the hell Omega Supreme. Oh, no, like Omega Prime was. Mm-hmm. I was reading the article like what? Mm-hmm. So Wheeljack first look at Autobot, oh, at Autobot multipack figure from Transformers Generation Select set. Select set. Okay. So you can get. What the hell? All right, so there's a what the? I'm so confused by the way this uh, this article is written because it's a it's a it's a fan site. It's the fan site. Okay. For all right, um, yeah. so, all right, so they're putting out um, a wheeljack in this Transformers Generation Selects um, uh, group of figures. So take a look, folks. Yeah, so Select is like the Marvel Selects version of of Transformers. It's not quite the masterpiece, uh, which is the more pricier, more intricate ones, but this is like the, I guess, base level uh, okay. priced ones. Um, so, cool. I, I was almost about to call them the, the cheap version, but that's not right. That wouldn't be right at all. Um, right. But yeah, it's a, it's a multi-pack, so I guess it's a, you know, a couple of different versions of Wheeljack, and apparently... A, you know they have some other G ones and ones uh, that they've already put out here uh, already. So cool. I thought those they were with the set, but or maybe they are. There's, there's a Hound and uh, Trailblazer here. So, uh, but anyway, so there is that, uh, folks. If you are so interested in uh, variant covers, there are three others that are, are down on the list uh, in the show notes that you, if you want to check out. Uh, particularly one of from Miss Marvel's upcoming um, um, miniseries. But you know, like I said, you can check all of that out in the show notes. Let's get to one last ad read. Our last ad read of the night is for Amazon. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. By the way. Yes. The X-Men 97 cartoon Nightcrawler is out in pre-order. And you can get that on Hasbro Plus, Entertainment Earth, Big Bad Toy Store, and Amazon. So you can jump on that. I'd say Nightcrawler, but the entire wave is up. But Nightcrawler is the the figure I want to get. So that's what I pre-ordered. Gotcha. None of those folks are sponsoring us. Just letting y'all know <laughs> that that is out there in places. Um, well, except for Amazon, but you know, that's... exactly. I was about to say, yeah, like Big Bad. Now we just mentioned that as an option. Yeah. And folks, that is it for this here episode of this here show. Um, yeah, we'll we'll be back next Thursday. Uh, uh, 
same bet time, same bet channel, hopefully slightly earlier. But, you know, things happen. You know, sometimes we we get to talk before the show, pre-production, things kind of kind of kind of happen, you know. Uh you can I am I am Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at Newsnet's Need on Twitter, you can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Agent underscore seventy on Twitter, Instagram, and threads. Threads PCN underscore dirt on Twitter, popculturenet on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com is all those umbrella sites therein. And uh, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. Uh, CB Cron on Twitter, which I need to talk to him about getting getting a hold of that, um, which is the Comic Book Chronicles uh, Twitter account. I know people are, it's X. I don't care. I'm still going to call it Twitter. Fight me. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, you can also find Tim over at uh, The Click Nation on Twitter. That's T-H-E-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N. Um uh, theclicknation.com also, but of course you're going to find Tim over at comicbook.com where he's over to writing his face off. Uh, Timothy Adams is the name you want to be looking for. Catch it. Uh, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Little Podcast Network at cspn.us. Do it today! You could also find us on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us all the positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. Sometimes I realize I like I have a camera on me, and I'm just looking every which way but loose, and just like I'm not looking at where I'm supposed to be. But that's fine. Y'all understand. Um what was I going to say? Oh, every Thursday night we we um record, uh, as I said earlier, twitch.tv slash chronicles and youtube.com slash theclicknation. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and uh, hit that notification button so you know when we are broadcasting live and in living color. Speaking of that, I saw a couple of episodes of that lately after watching uh, I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, so that's kind of funny. Um... And actually, speaking of streaming, um, there could be some Captain America and Avengers being streamed. I've, I'm still trying to narrow down which one I want to do first, because there's always that first one. Like, do I want to go back to, like, uh, Atari era <laughs> and the, the the first Superman and Batman? I mean, Superman and um, uh, Spider-Man games, which those wouldn't be on there that long. Do I want to do Captain America and Avengers, which sounds like that might be the movie, even though I've done it on my own kind of channel? We shall see. But, folks... More streams are coming, rest assured. And with that, folks, this has been the Comic Book Chronicles. Peace. Peace, one. And knowing is half the battle.